What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We are your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Hope you guys are having a great day today. We are as well. We've got the beginning or the start of the divisional round of the playoffs today, NFL playoffs. We've got the Bengals and the Titans playing at 4.30 here coming up in a couple hours. And then we've got Matt's Packers playing the 49ers tonight. So that'll be two fun games to watch. Super excited for those. But interestingly enough, we actually don't have an NFL topic for today. That's probably one of the only times that'll happen really at all during football season. Um, but yeah, we, we just decided that we would talk about other things today since the games are today and tomorrow. So by the time you guys are getting this, it's those games are probably going to be over. So we're not really going to give any predictions or or anything like that in, in this um, or any any preview in this episode. So we're going to be talking about NBA and college basketball. We have one topic for each, but they're kind of broad. So we'll be able to talk. We'll kind of, you know, draw them out longer than we usually do with our individual topics. And also, this is the 20th episode of season two. That's kind of just a little fun fact there. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, we've we've been really consistent with this and I'm really happy with how it's going. So, yeah, I'm really happy to continue that. So, how, Matt, how are you doing? That's right. It is good to be here. And I forgot my microphone today, so we're, we're, we're a little lacking on the sound quality. Um, so apologize for that. Please forgive me. Hopefully my my analysis and takes can overcome the lack of sound quality. Um, I know it definitely will. But yeah, like Hayden said, good, good to good to finally kind of get to our 20th episode. I think that's a that's a pretty good, a pretty good landmark. Um, and, and obviously, not uh, not anything that we're trying to uh, celebrate prematurely, because obviously, we're going to be here for the long haul. So that's the that's the goal, um, bringing you, you know, bringing you as much as we can. But I think that that's kind of the goal today is to do a little bit of basketball talk, right? So we're going to have some NBA, we're going to have some college basketball. Um, that way, you know, we can kind of fully dedicate the Tuesday episode to going over what happens in the NFL playoff games and, and, and then forecasting, obviously, the uh, the championship games for next weekend. Um, I think that's kind of the that's kind of the cool thing is that we can kind of have some, we can, we, you know, we can talk about the sports at large, you know, some, some things that are happening outside of the playoffs that, that are also, you know, important, but that will kind of build towards the, uh, the later parts of the season, kind of make some predictions and stuff like that that maybe we can kind of look back on and say you know hey this podcast could be very important down the road you know for what we're talking about um so you know so that, that that's kind of the gist of what we're going here and uh i'm ready to, to to go whenever hayden is yeah for sure let's get right into it now with nba first our um, our only topic for the day here is about russell westbrook and i'm sure if you guys have do, been doing your, you know, sports media research and content uh, consumption for the week. You've probably heard about the shenanigans going on in, in Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles' season in, you know, in general has just not been what everybody thought it would be. They're, I think they're currently seventh in the West, and that's really bad for a team of what are supposed to be all-stars or superstars there. You know, they, they've built a super, a super team around LeBron and this season, it just isn't really panning out how they thought it would. And so on Wednesday, um, the, the Lakers played the Pacers. And this is where this situation kind of got it, it kind of like took flight. But there had been some there had been some problems before this game um, in terms of Russell Westbrook kind of not really helping the team much. Um, and so, you know, Lakers fans were kind of questioning like, well, OK, why did we? pay so, so much for him because if you don't remember 
he came from the Wizards, and the Wizards, um, the Wizards gave him to the Lakers for obviously, you know, a, a good amount because he's Russell Westbrook and he's going to be worth a lot because he's an athletic freak. And even though he's getting older and he's past his prime at this point, and that's very, you're, it's very easy to tell that, um, you know, looking at these these games that he's played this season. And so, yeah, he's, he's past his prime, um, but he, he still deserves a lot of money in, you know, kind of just in, in, in an objective way. And so, so the Lakers paid him all that money and now he's just not really, not really doing much. And so there had been some talk of like being able to pull him in, in, in the later part of games and how the coaching staff and basically like the coaching staff had to agree had to all agree on pulling Russell Westbrook or being able to pull Russell, Russell Westbrook out of the game. They all had to give Frank Vogel the okay to pull him out of the game. And so he, he actually did just that in the Pacers game, which the Lakers lost um, 111 to 104. And so, right. The big story here is that Frank Vogel, he actually did decide to pull Russell Westbrook out of the game with about four minutes left on Wednesday. Um, and so, this is obviously, you know, a crucial part of the game because it's four minutes left to go. It's it was a fairly close game. And I, I mean, it was within single digits. And so, you know, this is where you want your best players in the game. Right. It's, it's crunch time. It's a close single digit game. And you want your best players in the game, players that are going to be able to get you points, maybe your more clutch players that are, that are going to be able to knock down shots under pressure. And I mean, if if we've watched Russell Westbrook so far this season, he hasn't really been doing that. He's kind of been the opposite, right? So I just kind of want to ask here, like the most general sense of, you know, what are our thoughts on not only the situation um, that that the Lakers are in right now, but also Vogel's decision to pull Russell Westbrook and and also the pushback that it's seeming to get by the media, because that's that's a big thing as well. So I'm going to let Matt talk about it first here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, let's just kind of start with the fact that Russell Westbrook is probably one of the most polarizing, if not the most polarizing player in the NBA. I would for sure say the most interesting in terms of the fact that, yes, like Hayden mentioned, he is so talented and he's an athletic freak and the things that he does just offensively um, really can't be can't be replicated throughout any other player in the NBA. And so that's why he's garnered so much uh, you know, fame and attention just because of his abilities to to possess the ball and, and, and the way that he takes the ball to the rim. And yeah, you know, he's had some fluctuations in his three point percentage throughout the years, but um, his offensive skill is just undeniable. But I think the the problem in his complete liability uh, where he presents a liability is on the defensive end. He, he basically just doesn't play defense. He doesn't switch. He doesn't try. He doesn't, you know, line guys up. He, he doesn't move his feet at all. He just kind of stands there. Um, and and then is basically you know padding his stats when yeah he gets the rebound so it makes it look like he's he's participating on the defensive end but he's really just not I think he's just looking for those rebounds and so we've said that you know over the years obviously right you know he's 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 carried the teams that he's on but it's I, I don't know I think that that's kind of the that's where the the polarizing nature in in discussing and analyzing his play really comes in is the fact that like is he actually providing value to the teams that he plays on or is it or is it just like 
it, it's just him and he's not actually getting value out of the other players on the teams that he plays for. Um, and I think that, you know, ever since, ever since KD and, and, and Harden left OKC, um, you know, the Thunder were, you know, they would get to the playoffs sometimes and, you know, they would win some playoff series here and there, but, but nothing that would ever carry them deep into the playoffs or anything by that means. And so, um, and, and, but, but like all the way throughout this kind of whole process, he would be putting up insane numbers. He got the MVP. He's averaged a triple double. I think. I think even after he left, um, after he left the uh, after he left the Thunder, he's he's still averaged a triple double like every one of the last four seasons. And so like the, the statistics in that realm, and, and it's going to be interesting because like you know after he's gone from the game, and we have you know maybe Luca or someone else is going to be putting up triple doubles in in the same nature that he is. Or, or I guess the argument that I'm saying is like it'll never nobody will ever really compare to the statistics that he has. In in terms of the amount of triple doubles that he puts up, the you know, averaging a triple double throughout an entire season, that's never really going to happen again. So you, you you kind of look at it and you're like, wow, we are literally witnessing a statistically a statistical anomaly um, in the sense that how many uh, triple doubles and 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 you know and, and points and rebounds and assists and everything that he's able to put up on a you know on, on a game uh, basis, you know, per game basis. But at the same time, like I mentioned, he's just such a liability when it comes to defense. And that's why Frank Vogel is wanting to take him out at the end of these games. And so this all really started. Hayden mentioned the Pacers game on Wednesday, but this started actually a couple days earlier, or maybe in the day earlier. Um, they played the Jazz, right? And so what happened was Russell Westbrook was on the bench and, and basically – well, okay, so let me take this all the way back. The game before the Magic, or maybe a couple games before the before they played the Jazz, sorry, they played the Magic, all right, and they lost, and that was, like, when this whole Frank Vogel thing kind of started, where Magic Johnson tweeted out, like, you know, I'm so sorry for all these Laker fans because, you know, basically Frank Vogel isn't doing a good job. Um, and then LeBron kind of followed up and was like, yeah, you know, we need to be better. And, but he was kind of like subtweeting Frank Vogel at, at the same time with that. Um, and, and all the while, Frank, Frank Vogel is kind of in this, he's kind of feels stuck, right? Because he wants to play the guys who are the stars and who the Lakers paid a ton of money to. But at the same time, if that guy is causing you to lose games, then you know, what, what do you want, what can you do really in that scenario? And so that's what basically happened in the magic game is he took him out late in the game, took Russell Westbrook out. They lost the game. Um, you know, you come back the next night, he put Russell Westbrook, he, he had Russell Westbrook on the bench. And I think that everybody who knows basketball knows that you, you, that's the right decision. You have to keep him off the court just because of his defense, he, he's a defensive liability. Um, but, you know, right, he was like, well, if I'm coaching for my job right now, Frank Vogel, I, and I totally get him on that sense, Frank Vogel, if he's like, hey, if I'm coaching for my job, I'm going to keep this guy in the game. So he puts him back in the game. And, and, and basically this, like, crazy series of events happened. Again, this is, this is in the Jazz game where it's a very close game late, and, and then obviously Russell Westbrook, he drives to the hoop, gets an and one, and basically wins the game for the Lakers. And so then you say, well, look, this is the, this is the potential that Russell Westbrook provides for you. Yes, he, he lacks on defense, but, you know, if if you have a situation where he can kind of run to the hoop and get an and one, he can run a game for you. Now, obviously, if you look at, you know, if you look at the actual play and the sequence that happened in the game, it, he, he missed guys that were open for three who are good three point shooters. He, he took the ball himself. And it's like, in most cases, you can't rely on taking the ball to the basket yourself, making the shot, getting an and one and making the free throw to ice the game. 
that's that is like if you want to talk about statistics like for the percentage chance of that happening is very very low and so there again he made the incorrect decision obviously yeah it ended up working out on the back end so that's kind of what i think you know sparked a lot of this decision talk when when you know and what happened to the pacers um and so and so that's that's kind of what we end up with here is like what is the real correct decision when it comes to playing Russell Westbrook. I, I really don't know because yes, he provides you with such an opportunity like what happened in the jazz game where he drives to the hoop, gets an and one and wins the game. But he also provides you with, with basically losses like what happened in the magic game um, and the Pacers where, you know, he was playing late and they lose to the Pacers. So um, I think that's kind of my thoughts on it is like, it's, it's, it's basically like Frank Vogel's an impossible situation because if he plays him, they have the potential to lose, which could cost Frank Vogel his job. If he plays him and they win, sure they may win, but it's like, are they really winning because of the value of the players on the team? Or are they winning just because Russell Westbrook got lucky based on the, I would say selfish decision that he made um, to go to the basket anyway. So, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't know, you know, if Hayden has like a really, you know, a hot take on whether or not Frank Vogel should keep his job or not but it's like that guy won a championship for you he's lasted this long in, in you know in lebron's like layer of whether or not you know a, a coach should actually stay with a team um and I, and I think that frank vogel knows basketball very well he's been coaching forever man he, he coached the pacers way back when paul george was with them and, and he was you know he was running things they were getting to the eastern conference finals yes they were boosted the heat every year because that was that was because the, the heat had big three with you know the big three with lebron and stuff so um this guy knows basketball and so that's that's at the end of the day where i'm kind of like he shouldn't be questioned about his his ability to coach the team or, or or be you know his job shouldn't be in jeopardy just because he he knows basketball and knows whether or not to you know he knows what times he should start and sit uh russell westbrook i think that you know i think he's coming under too much fire for something that's really russell westbrook's fault in terms of him being a defensive liability and making the incorrect choices on the offensive end yeah i i totally agree with you and i think i actually am even more on the side of frank vogel can do do what he wants with Russell Westbrook because th- this is a, it's, it's a professional sport. And I get that every professional sport is also a business. And so you do have the side of the argument, like Matt said, that Frank Vogel should be playing the, you know, the players that they've paid the most money for and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it like the professional team, their ultimate goal is to win the championship. And, and I'm not saying that if you bench Russell Westbrook for however many minutes a game, that that's going to guarantee you some kind of, you know, some kind of NBA finals appearance or whatever, or even a better seed in the playoffs or whatever. Like I, you know, cause that's nobody can predict that. Right. But it's just like Russell Westbrook getting benched at, you know, with four minutes left in a regular season game, like basically right smack in the middle of the season. Is that really, I mean, I don't know why it's getting so much pushback. And I don't, I don't really know why it was such a big deal because Right. Like, I mean, I feel like we've seen, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not as common as I'm, as, as, as I'm, you know, thinking it is, but it just, it just doesn't seem like that big of a uh, big of a deal to me. And I think that Frank vote, like the fact that he had to get an okay from pretty much the whole organization. I don't know if other teams do that. If, if that's like a thing in the NBA, it might be. And I, I may just not be really in on that, but I feel, I mean, I, this is kind of like the first time that I'm hearing about that kind of thing. And it's, it's wild in my opinion that a whole, the whole organization has to give the head coach an okay on a decision that really he should just be making. Like he's the head coach again, Matt, like, like Matt said, he took them to an NBA finals and won the NBA finals with them in 
COVID year, which was, you know, all messed up anyway, but still like he won an NBA finals with them. So he's obviously a pretty good coach. Um, And so it's just, yeah, it's just kind of mind boggling that he's the head coach there and he has to get an, an okay from somebody else to pull a guy that, that he's coaching. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It, it just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't really resonate with me um, that that it's a, that big of a deal. And I, I'm one of those people where it's like you play your best players. You know, it's this is this isn't peewee football anymore where you have to play every one of your players, um, you know, so that you make all the parents happy. It's like, no, you play your best players. You play the, the players that you have faith in to make the shot. I think I think when he pulled Russell Westbrook, he put in Malik Monk um, and that's not like that's not a bad decision in my opinion Malik Monk is you know he's he's become a pretty good player in the NBA um obviously he was I really only remember him um mostly from college when he played at Kentucky or Duke I forget which one but I think it was Kentucky what Kentucky yeah yeah um and so yeah it it was just like that's that's not a really bad decision in my in my opinion you know he, he is a veteran and you can give him that and whatever, you know, veterans in the league may have some kind of benefit in terms of playing a certain amount of minutes. Um, you, you know, obviously not like set set in stone, but coaches may have like, you know, favoritism towards towards veterans. It makes sense. But in this case, it's like the, with the with where the Lakers are at as well, like you know, just in terms of their season in general, like I said, um, kind of, you know, when I first started talking about this topic, they are not doing nearly as well as they, as they, you know, were, were expecting to do. And so at this point, it's kind of like, you got to try whatever you can to win. You got to try some different things. If Russell Westbrook being out there in the last four four minutes of the game is going to lead you to a 41 and 41 record, that that's not, that's terrible, you know? And, and obviously Russell Westbrook is not the only person or the only guy on this team that isn't really helping them win. Um, But you've got to, you've got to try some new things it's it's not again there's 81 games or 82 games, whatever 81 games in the season i think and you're and you have to have russell westbrook out there for every single one of them at the end of the game that's that's i don't know that, that that's a bunch of crazy talk in my opinion um yeah, I, know, and I, think I, that- I think i'm very polarized on on this topic and i i feel like i have reason to be there may be some people that say that that i'm wrong but I, I really don't see the the problem in what Frankel did. Fra- Frank Vogel did. Yeah, no, exactly, and that, that's why I said that he's a he's a he's a coach. He's been established. He knows basketball, and he knows what players to play at the at the right times. And I do agree that um, he shouldn't have had to you know get an okay from from the whole you know the whole gen, uh, organization you know in general. But um, I think something that gets lost here, and you brought it up too, was like he's he's you know right. I think that Russell Westbrook is not the reason that they're losing all these games, or, or that they have basically an even record. I think that. What gets lost here a lot is is the fact that Anthony Davis has not been with them for basically half the year once again, and so and this exact this exact same situation happened you know going into the playoffs last year. The Lakers kind of snuck in; they had a seven seed, and it's like all right, well Anthony Davis has been out for this long, and we didn't have LeBron for a while too. Once they both get back, and all their players, you know, Robin Rondo was still on the team back then, and it was it was mostly the same players that they won the championship with in 2020. So people were saying, oh, once they get all these guys back, you know, they're gonna they're gonna just run through the entire West just like they did in the bubble in 2020, and that basically did not happen at all, right? It, they got they got run over by the Suns. And so 
you think about it in terms of like they kind of have you know they had a different a very different team this year but it's almost looking like it was worse than last year and i think that anthony davis has a big part to play in that is the fact that like this guy just can't seem to stay healthy and even when he's out there on the court like he was for the first i would say the you know the first like quarter of the season 20 to 25 games he he was he was again, basically playing the worst basketball his entire career. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was heavily criticized last year and has been for the, maybe even the past couple of years that he's like, you know, one of the best bigs offensively um, and defensively in, in, in the whole league. I think that his ability to play on defense and, and get all the blocks and steals that he does, but also back it up on the offensive end, hitting threes and long, you know, long twos, but also playing around the rim is the reason why he's considered one of the best players in the NBA and, and, and got paid to go to the Lakers like he did. But at the same time, I think that he was kind of, he was receiving some criticism because of, you know, yes, he was skilled around the rim, but he wasn't able to really compete with the bigger guys in the league who are consistent bigs and, and, and who really play well around the rim. And I think that was just because he had gotten comfortable in being this guy who was able to play, you know, this, like a stretch five position. Um, but wasn't really, you know, he wasn't really competing with the, with the, with the, you know, with the biggest guys in the NBA around the rim. And so he kind of, he, he kind of had to bulk up, but I feel like he felt the criticism from the media and in his, that's kind of the, the area of his game that he was lacking. Um, and because of that, right. He, he started, you know, he's, he got in the gym he bulked up, he gained some weight and he put on some muscle, which is really what I think, again, like I said, a response to what the media was saying in, in a time where he was going to need to provide some more for this Lakers team that they were going to have, um, you know, that they weren't really going to be able to provide from a, a declining Dwight Howard, right, for example. And so once he's done that now, he came back and, and was, you know, ready for the season. And then all of his shooting numbers declined and all of his free throw percentages declined. And so we see this kind of, you know, downward shift in his offensive production and, and I can't, I can't say whether or not that's for directly a direct result of his, you know, not kind of not being used to how his body is now with adding the muscle and, and, and adding the weight now to kind of try to compete with the bigs in the league that he, that he should be competing with. Um, and so maybe it'll just take more time for him, for him to get used to it. But like, he's been out for the last month because of, because of a sprained MCL. And so, you know, who knows how long that's going to take to get him back. And so, you know, sure, the Lakers are, are going to be in playoff contention, but they're going to be a lower seed. They're not going to be, they're like 22 and 23 right now. That's their record. So it's basically even. And that's what something that Hayden mentioned earlier too, is like, you know, if, if having LeBron and Russell Westbrook out there is going to get you an even record. And then on top of that, you know, having Anthony Davis back, yeah, sure. That's going to make your team overall better. But, you know, let's say, if he was playing at his peak offensive, you know, efficiency level that he had been for the past couple of years, how many actual wins so far that they've played in, in, in terms of the games they've had um, this season, how many more wins added would that be if you had had him on the court every single night producing at his, you know, peak offensive level? I don't think it'd be that many, maybe, you know, maybe four or five, you know, maybe six or seven. I don't think it would be that, that great of a number. And so you think about the, you know, if you translate those losses into wins, they'd be at, I don't know, you know, maybe like, 
26 and 20 right and so it's like but that's only going to put you like one or two slots higher in the west because of the competition out there so i think that kind of the, the the decision here and i think that this is what hayden was getting at is that if you look big picture for the lakers in terms of the team right now in general it's 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 frank Vogel's doing the best job he can coaching this team with the players he's got and the offensive and defensive production that they are that they are kind of you know seeing right now so so it's not i don't think his fault at all i think it's just the way that the team is organized and the fact that they do have a bunch of old players once they're able to work together sure maybe they'll be able to develop some you know some some uh you know some chemistry and, and really get out there and and do the things that they're supposed to do in this kind of big three that they do have in anthony davis lebron james and russell westbrook but as of now they just haven't had time to gel enough and even when anthony davis is on the court he's not performing like he has been for the past few years um and so I, I think that if you can give Frank Vogel time to work with these guys and know that their strengths and weaknesses are what they are, put the guys on the floor when they're supposed to be put out there, then sure, you know, they'll be able to, they'll be able to, 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 to do better than they are right now. But if you're just going to say, yo, fire him because he, he's not putting in Anthony, or uh, he's not putting in Russell Westbrook, then th that's just, you're just creating a, a, a snowball, an avalanche um, into, into kind of the, the negative production that they've been seeing throughout the season so far. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that was all pretty great with, with the whole Anthony Davis conversation. I think another big part of this, it may not be as big as, as it was when LeBron was with the heat or the Cavaliers or anything like that. But we see that wherever LeBron goes, he's kind of like, you know, he kind of becomes the coach. Like that's, that's the whole joke is that he becomes the coach of the team and, you know, he kind of takes over on the, and he's, he's a great leader and he has, you know, some of the best basketball IQ ever. And so there's reason why, you know, you know, he does that. And he's such a dominant force on every team that he goes to. And he's been a dominant force on the Lakers as well. Um, and I, I don't think we've seen it as much with the Lakers because he's not really, again, yeah, he's not really like the shining, shining star there. At this point, they've got so many superstars there that it's kind of just, you know, LeBron is one of them. And he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of like the leader of the pack, but he's not really as, you know, alpha in, in, in that sense. I don't know. That, that was kind of a weird analogy, but if you know what I mean. And so... I think there's a little bit of a sentiment in Los Angeles that's kind of like, well, you know, LeBron might have something to say about this with not playing Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel might be a little bit scared of that. And like, you know, obviously LeBron wouldn't really voice out on any of that kind of stuff um, in, in a really bad way. I don't think, you know, even, especially like towards the media or anything like that. But I think there might be a little bit of kind of, you know, resistance in in Frank Vogel's mind that says okay well LeBron might you know lash out on me if I if I'm not playing Russell Westbrook enough or whatever he might you know show because LeBron is a vocal guy like he's not gonna he's not gonna sit there and be passive aggressive about it and kind of just stop playing himself or stop playing as well himself like he's he's gonna want he's gonna do everything he can to win but I think that if 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 LeBron did have anything to say about it and it's crazy that I'm saying this that you know one player can go to the head coach and, and kind of just change his whole way of coaching. But I, that's like, that's the effect that LeBron has on teams. And we've seen it in the past and he still has that effect because he's still so good. Um, and he's still so, you know, has such a great effect on every game. And so I think that, yeah, there may be a little bit of Frank Vogel. That's not really scared of LeBron, but kind of, kind of um, holding back in a way. And that, that may even be like part of the whole, we have to get an okay from the rest of the organization type thing where, 
obviously LeBron is, is in the game and he's playing, but kind of like, you know, he, he may have even had like a conversation with LeBron about it um, before the Pacers game or something like that, that we don't really know about um, or that, you know, we may come to know about in the future. I don't, again, that's just speculation. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's right or anything, but I'm saying that there, you know, you also have the LeBron factor and that's, that's definitely there and it's prominent on any team that he goes to. And so that's, that's pretty interesting too, because it's just kind of like, it kind of shows you how, Russell Westbrook is such a superstar and we've seen him do so much in this league. But then again, like, you know, I feel like a lot of the media is, is still t- kind of talking about LeBron um, being maybe being unhappy with this Lakers team. And that's, that's a really big thing in my opinion. That's just like, yeah, Russell Westbrook's a super superstar, but LeBron is just so much more of a superstar that he, you know, that any, any kind of mirror or like, little discontent that he has with the team um, is, is going to affect the team in, in a huge way. So that, yeah, that was kind of, kind of just some speculation, obviously, like I said, you know, we'll, there, there will probably be a lot of stuff that, that comes out on it. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. Like this is, this, this is the kind of stuff that I like to watch in the NBA. I'm, I'm not like the biggest, I don't watch every game in the NBA because it's, it's really confusing. Like this is one thing that I also have a problem with, with, um, NBA and, and NHL and even I guess even college basketball sometimes but college basketball there's just like so much I mean I don't know there's so many teams that it's like the the, the best teams are kind of the best teams um, and so those are like the more interesting the teams to watch and you can kind of keep up with those better but like it, with the NBA and the NHL they play so much throughout the week I'm so used to NFL especially like during or right after NFL season where they just play once a week that trying to watch NBA and and NHL and keep up with those leagues is just so tough for me. Um, But this is the kind of thing that I like to talk about because it's like, you don't really need to know, you know, what the magic's record is to talk about it. Like you need, you know, you just, you just need to have an opinion on what what's right and what's not. And like what, you know, what's better for the sport or what's better for the team and what's not better for the team. So th- this is the type of stuff that I like talking about. Um, but Matt, if, if you want to take us in the college basketball, you can, if, if we're done with NBA. Yep. Let's do it. So we are only halfway through the college basketball season. Again, it's kind of being, I guess, overshadowed by the NFL as it always is, which, you know, that kind of just happens. Um, I really wish the college basketball season was like during the summer because I, this is going to be its own thing. We're going to, we're going to talk about this ad nauseum, um, you know, kind of once we get into the, the summer months and there's only baseball to watch, it's like, dude, can we yeah. please have something that's like actually cool to watch? Um, yeah. Like right now, you know, it's college basketball Saturday. It's like, you know, all these ranked teams are playing college basketball right now. We had you know, great games last night, Michigan state and Wisconsin, like, you know, top 10 matchup and like nobody's caring about it just because it's the NFL. And obviously I, I, I prioritize NFL in terms of what I watch too. And especially, you know, with Packers are in it, like, of course I'm going to be watching the games, you know, over, over college basketball, but it's like, dude, if we could just have like something during the summer other than baseball and we'll talk about baseball for sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it, but um, anyway, we're after the college basketball season. Nobody really seems to care or know. And that's kind of why we're here to, you know, to keep you up on it at least. Um, so it, kind of the, the general consensus here is that there's no remaining undefeated teams. Um, whereas in past years, we've had a bunch of like Gonzaga, I think has kind of always been in this. We even talked about that to start the, to start the year in terms of college basketball on, on the podcast. It was like, you know, will, will Gonzaga go undefeated? Well, they lost in like their, you know, their fifth game or something. Um, and, and same with all the other, you know, the top teams that were supposed to be, that were 
was supposed to be great. You know, Baylor, I think, kind of lasted the longest in terms of being undefeated, but they've lost two out of the last three games. So um, I think that kind of that, that's been the general storyline here, and that's kind of the, the topic that we wanted to introduce today is, like, in fact, well, I mean, so there's not even really that many – there's no undefeated teams, but in fact, there's only three teams that even have just one loss, right? And so when you think about the craziness of how this works out, there's 358 Division One college basketball teams, and only three have one loss or less, right? Now, obviously, none, none have zero losses, so there's only three teams that have – Three that have one loss in every single team. So 355 teams have at least two losses or more, um, which I think is just a crazy stat to start the year. And, and something that I think is, is really kind of showing through is that there's been a lot of parity in college basketball this season so far. And so this is the first time in a very, very long time that there's been this much parity in college hoops to start the season. Um, so yeah, so March Madness will be super entertaining because it's literally anybody can win. You're going to have no idea who to pick in your bracket. And that makes it, I think, a whole lot more fun in terms of the, you know, the, the, the games and the potential matchups that we'll see. Um, but in terms of, in terms of storylines and engagement, I think kind of as, as we ramp up the end of the college basketball regular season, we get into conference tournament season, and then obviously March Madness, is it actually worth for college basketball when there's no dominant teams who are going in undefeated and you know we're talking about who, who can actually go down and if they can kind of run the table um that's the question i'm going to pose to hayden is 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 you know it's great to have a lot of parity and, and and you know every team has a multiple losses and so you're going to kind of see who's the best of the best when it comes to yes these teams have weaknesses but you know who's going to be able to come out on top but in terms of the engagement for March Madness and having a single team or multiple teams who only have one or two losses, um, I think, you know, is it really worse when you don't have these dominant teams? I don't think it's worse really at all. Um, in, in, in most senses, at least. And that's, that's pretty much every sense except for a betting sense. Um, and so obviously, you know, like as, as watcher, you know, um, spectators of the game, and possibly, and a lot of people are betters and stuff like that. They don't want to see that happen. But I, th- I think for the game itself, it's it's great. Um, I again, like it, it makes every game more exciting. Even I mean, in the past, like when, when we've had team Kentucky teams that go twenty five and zero um, for the first twenty five games of the season, it's still exciting to watch them when they when they play a team that's that you wouldn't really expect them to lose to. And there's been so many times in the past where, you know, teams teams like that have lost teams that are 25 and 0 or, you know, even just 20 and 0 have, have lost to to lower you know, or teams kind of, you know, that have more losses and, and smaller teams like that. And so that's that's always been a quality of bas- of college basketball that I think is is unlike any other. Um, obviously, like home court advantage um, is, is huge in college basketball and having that kind of, you know, the atmosphere that you play in is huge as well. Um, momentum is also huge it, just in basketball in general, but I think college and I think in college basketball, it's even bigger than in the NBA. Um, and so, yeah, momentum is a huge factor and that, and that's why we see so many upsets in college basketball. And that's, that's honestly, I don't know. I mean, obviously you can't really, there is no kind of metric to be able to tell what the atmosphere is like this year in terms of, um, I guess like electric atmospheres or atmospheres that, you know, favor momentum more than in past years or whatever. Like there's no way to measure that, but, um, and I'm sure that there is some, you know, that has something to do with it, but I think that it's, I think, and this is, this has kind of just been a kind of a common theme across all sports this year, really. I mean, we saw it in college football where there was no, like, I mean, other than Alabama and, and Georgia, obviously, but there was no like really good team and teams were, um, 
you know, teams were losing to, or good teams were losing to teams that no one would expect them to lose to. And so it's just kind of like, it's kind of cool to see this in college basketball, but I think it's a little bit more amplified because first of all, they play more games than, than college football does, but they also, um, you know, it, they, they play games more frequently and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think it is better for the sport. Um, it, it is cool to watch too. And March Madness, um, that again, Mar- well, March Madness, I guess you can kind of put in the category of betting in the sense that like, if you do, you know, pay money to be in a pool with your family or your friends or whatever, um, you might not want to pay money to do that because <laughs> this year, again, in past years, it's been, you know, even if you have a 25 and no Kentucky team, there's going to be a lot of upsets um, otherwise. But like this year, there, there may be even more because we're seeing it more in the in the regular season. I don't know that that we'll just have to see and or wait and see how that pans out. But um, but yeah, it, it makes me really excited for March Madness because, again, well, I love picking the upsets and I know I know Matt does, too. Also, dude, I just thought about this, like having episodes on March Madness and like doing the brackets and and, and having our upset picks and stuff like that. That's going to be so fun, dude. Like <laughs> I mentioned that like a couple of weeks ago, I was yeah. like, we're going to dedicate like basically like probably four or five full episodes leading up to well actually no that's the other the crazy thing is though like we're only i guess gonna have one because that's and i've talked about this before i guess just thought about this before um there's only like four days that you have to yeah. bracket because there's selection sunday on like sunday night and the game started like thursday at noon so it's like i guess we're really only gonna have to you know we're really only gonna have like one podcast like full podcast to actually get everything out there because we're gonna probably do it on tuesday maybe we can switch it up that that we can maybe do something on monday like uh just to kind of get everything out there and kind of like break down our what we think about the you know selection sunday what the bracket's gonna look like as well as kind of then go into our picks um and i think that we'll probably have to do one you know full episode on on that we're not really going to go talk about any other sports on that for sure um because i think it's just gonna be so so loaded and we're really gonna have like one thing out there but yeah we will definitely spend a ton of time breaking everything down and, and even we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cover the conference tournaments and stuff too where we think people are going to be seated there's a, there's a ton of content we can we can get out there uh when it comes to kind of like the pre-march madness but then also like during the kind of the week of leading up to it yeah we're gonna have to create like 15 brackets before monday if we do our if we do our episode on monday because Matt, Matt does like 20 every every year. I I think I only do like really five, but um, but yeah, Matt goes all out for those. So he'll he'll have some some good stuff to talk about there. But yeah, just to kind of get back on, on topic here, I again I kind of you know an, an overall consensus for me is that I do think it's it's great for college basketball in general. It's it's great to watch. Um, and again, I I don't really know how much of, of an effect it would have on March Madness because there already is so much variability and so many upsets that happen anyway, even in past years. Um, so that is kind of just, that's one thing that I'm excited to see um, is, you know, if there is any kind of more, um, more upsets this year than, than there were in past years. But yeah, that's, just, that, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think that, I mean, in terms of like media coverage, I, I think I, when I, you know, kind of when I posed this topic, I was really just more thinking of all the times that leading up to March Madness, I'm kind of thinking about like, when I would watch the TV shows on, 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 you know, on ESPN and stuff, like I would watch part of, you know, pardon the interruption. And it would be like, you know, Mike Wilbon brings up the topic, like, will anybody be able to be Kentucky in that year that, you know, they were undefeated. And then, um, 
you know, obviously, you know, when, when Zion was playing, Zion Williamson was playing for Duke and they were the number one overall seed. And it was like, can anybody actually, you know, beat, you know, defeat Duke to make it, uh, you know, win the championship. And like Duke didn't even get to the final four that year. Michigan, Michigan State beat him in the Elite Eight. So it was like, it, it, I think that type of thing was kind of more what I was thinking of. And then obviously last year we had Gonzaga who, um, you know, who, who was who was on an insane run and the number one overall seed. And it was like, can anybody beat them? And, you know, Baylor comes in and Baylor, had, you know, lost a few games. They were obviously the, the best team coming out of the big 12 and earned the number one seed for a reason but um but like yeah but the, you know then they just completely rolled Gonzaga in the championship game so so that type of thing I think is more what I was thinking of is like is it is it is there going to be less like kind of media coverage and 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 topics in in just the you know sports radio sports podcasts sports media on television all that stuff when there really isn't a team that's kind of going to be like the foremost front and foremost team um that's, that's going to have kind of all the coverage and everything talked about them so like for example right now you know as we kind of transition to the next week here of college basketball um gonzaga is going to be the number one team um and, and so that kind of is makes it like oh well you know are they really well actually so that's the thing that's the interesting thing about doing it right now on a saturday afternoon is the fact that right now auburn is playing kentucky and auburn's up 58 to 50 right now so they're probably going to win that game over kentucky and kentucky's number 12 auburn's number two and they've only lost one game so i think that is grounds to enough to make auburn the number one team in the country over gonzaga if, you know if, if auburn's able to pull that off so that's kind of the thing i'm I'm talking about but it's like Auburn like Auburn is gonna be the number one team in the country like what like who would have ever thought so that's that's the cool thing about this year in college basketball is that literally there's so many crazy things happening and and, and you never know who's gonna actually end up getting the one seats like that's the crazy part too is like you can't even like normally you can look at it throughout or halfway through the season you can be like all right this team is is definitely going to at least be able to kind of continue their level of consistency when it comes to winning a bunch of games and sure they may drop a game on the road to you know to, to a good quality team in their conference but they'll They'll, they'll be able to overcome everything. They'll last long enough in their conference tournament to eventually be able to get the number one seed when it comes to March Madness. But it has been like complete chaos so far. And so I love it as a fan of college basketball, but I think that in terms of the media attention and stuff, I think there's always more media focus when you have a team, especially a blue blood team like a Duke, like a Kentucky, when they've been rolling throughout the season, they have a great team, they have a great record going into March Madness. That really becomes all the talk. Um, whereas this year, I think it's going to be, obviously there's going to be focus on March Madness, especially for the week that it, that it happens, but I think it's going to be less so on the, you know, the, the one team, like, are you basically, are, you know, are you picking this team or the field, right? And I think that's kind of always the argument that, that we hear here is like, you know, are you going to pick Kentucky or are you going to pick the field, right? In terms of like, you know, in, 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 for example, in a year that Kentucky's really dominant, it would be like, you know, are, do you think Kentucky's going to win it or, or would you bet on, you know, any other team in the entire, you know, 68 team team field um, to, to win that, to, you know, to win the championship. So, um, so that's the type of stuff that I'm, I think that we probably won't get as much of this year, but obviously, you know, that, that, you know, th those kind of, the first couple of weeks of March are like uh, like completely dominated by, or I guess the the last couple of weeks of March are dominated by by college basketball and March Madness and everything that comes with that. So, um, so yeah, so I think that was kind of why I want to bring up the topic was like it's not necessarily something that will be super talked about. I think as much as usual in terms of like there being one team or two teams that are completely dominant, and it's like oh, are we going to see them match up in the in 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 the final game here to kind of win the college basketball championship? And I think that last year is a good example of that because you saw Gonzaga, you know, throughout the entire year, you know, they didn't lose a game, and so it was like how are they going to be able to match up against kind of everyone in their side of the bracket? They kind of roll, you know, rolled through it. Um, 
And then the other side, you had Baylor, who, like, they were pretty much the best team of kind of the West. And that's why last year, I think, was a perfect example, too, in terms of, like, you had Gonzaga, and it's like, are you going to pick Gonzaga to win the championship, or are you going to pick anyone else from the other, you know, 63 teams uh, that make the final 64-team bracket up? And so a ton of people, yeah, they, you know, they did go with Gonzaga, but I think that, you know, a team like Baylor was kind of just being under representative and show because they yes they had had all these losses um but but it was to quality big 12 opponents and they didn't win the big 12 championship right um in, in the conference tournament oklahoma state did and so it's kind of like you had all these other teams in there you know vying for a position when truly baylor had the best quality team and they beat everyone they played and you know, they even beat teams like villanova you know on their way to kind of winning the championship last year and so um and so that's why I think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this year is like, is there even going to be a consensus team that every, everybody's going to be picking to win their brackets? Who's even going to get the number one overall seed, right? I think if Gonzaga doesn't win or doesn't lose another game to, uh, you know, a West Coast Conference an opponent, and then they kind of win the regular season title, they also want to win the conference tournament title. Yes, they'll probably earn the number one overall seed, but like they obviously have a worse team than they did last year. Um, so, you know, what's going to be the result with that? I think that's kind of going to be the storylines going into this year instead of just like okay we have one completely dominant team who's going to be able to beat them or is anyone going to be able to beat them um if they are and so i think that but, but obviously like hayden said like you know it's going to be insane for 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 college basketball fans to be able to pick who the teams are that they think has, has proven enough throughout the season. But I think like, kind of like, you know, going off what Hayden said too, like if you aren't a fan of college basketball or you're not paying attention to what's going on right now, and you still do, I mean, everyone does the bracket pools with your work or your, your school or your family or whatever. Um, it's going to, it's going to be benefit those people a lot more because, you know, it's literally going to be, who do you think is going to win, pick the most random teams possible. And that's exactly what's going to happen because I don't even think that we have a clear, like, you know, because when you think about it, it's like, okay, who, makes the sweet 16 right the top 16 teams like can we really delineate who's going to be in the sweet 16 after we kind of look at all the all the teams and, and how they're ranking out so far i don't even think we have that so that's going to be kind of a cool thing too is like sure you may not be able to pick out one team that's going to be winning you know winning the championship overall but you're also not really going to be able to know like who the at least kind of the, as the bracket gets smaller the teams that are kind of making these final games um are also kind of seem like an unknown right now so that's that's really what i'm excited for too over anything yeah, I think to, while you were talking, I was kind of – you brought up Gonzaga and kind of, you know, the, the top teams right now, like Auburn's up there, um, right up there with Gonzaga at two. And one, one thing that I started thinking about was um, in terms of the tournament is, like, what if this is the year that Gonzaga actually does decide to, like, go all the way and just, you know, win it all? Um, that would be really – I don't know. I, it would be kind of funny in my opinion, but it will also be kind of like, okay, this makes sense because yeah, yeah. this is the year that, like – nobody else is really good and Gonzaga can finally make their run. Um, I was one of those people that picked Gonzaga to win the, to, the, to win the championship last year, which they almost did by getting to the championship, but then they obviously got just absolutely demolished by Baylor, um, which was kind of sad to see that. But um, yeah, like that, that, that's just, I don't know. Like, am I going to pick Gonzaga to win again? It, we'll have to see obviously, because there's still, you know, like a th more than a third of the season left. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like one thing that's kind of been on my mind um, recently is, is that, you know, with every other team just kind of being up in the air, like what, what is Gonzaga going to do in the tournament this year? Um, like, like Again, assuming that they do get a one seed um, and that they stay in this top four here, but 
yeah, that's that's really interesting. Also, there's like a little. This is not really re- related to the topic, but at all, but it is related to um, college basketball. It's that if you guys didn't, I think it was Thursday night. Yeah, I think this game happened Thursday night. It was Indiana and Purdue, and Indiana actually ended up winning on like a pretty much a buzzer beater. Um, I think they made a shot with like less than a second left to go or something. Um, but, or no, 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 it wasn't, no, it wasn't left a second left to go. It was with like 16 seconds left to go, but everybody thought that they were going to keep the ball and then try to get a last second shot. Um, but one thing that's crazy about Indiana, and I don't know if Matt knows the stat, it's like, it's one of those crazy stats, but um, my, my roommate will actually told me about it when we were watching the end of that game. And it's that, Every time the Indiana head coach has worn a suit, they've won. And every time that he hasn't, they have, <laughs> they haven't won. And he was wearing a suit and they were, I think they were like 13 and four before they beat Purdue. Um, and he was wearing a suit when they were beat, when they were uh, playing Purdue. And it was just like, okay, well, this might break the streak because Purdue was, was up. Um, Purdue was up two with like 17 seconds left to go. And then they, uh, uh, Indiana had an inbounds pass and it was, it was one of those like design plays where they set a pick for a guy to uh, shoot a three pointer. And then, yeah, it was like 16 seconds left in the game. Um, and, and, you know, they set up this like elaborate play off of an inbounds pass. And then he drills a three with 16 seconds left to go. And it's like, yeah, you're up by one now, but you just like, you had, a, you had a chance to literally run out the clock and do that. Um, or, you know, try to go get fouled in the paint or something get an and one or something like that. But yeah, that, that was just kind of funny um, to kind of see that unfold because like Will and I were, <laughs> Will and I were, you know, it, on our couch, like do it for the suit or whatever. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was just kind of funny um, to see that happen. And it's, you know, he's, that still holds true that, that he, uh, that every time that he's wearing a, worn a suit that they win. So maybe he'll wear a suit for the rest of the season. I'm, I'm sure he's aware of that stat by now, honestly, like if, if, the public is aware is aware of it by now, then he's got to be aware of it. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast and maybe he's not aware of it yet. And he'll be aware of it now that that'll be pretty cool. If you're listening, then uh, there you go. There's the key to winning. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if Matt, Matt, do you have anything else to add here? No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I think we, we turned out some, some good information. And I think that, you know, these are the kind of discussions that we want to be having on days that are also the same days that the NFL playoffs are being played because yeah, that's obviously going to dominate the news, but Hey, you know, if you, if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to hear about some NBA and and some college basketball kind of when, when these kind of sports are not being covered as heavily as, as obviously the NBA, the NFL is pretty much for the next, like, you know, three weeks here up until the Super Bowl is over. Um, you know that, that that's really what we're trying to do here and kind of the 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 reignition of the sport of the you know the first down rundown podcast um is is, is really getting to those topics that that are fun to talk about and fun to listen to especially on the weekend when you're you know maybe may doing other stuff obviously most of your day is probably gonna be consumed by watching the nfl playoffs um but uh but but yeah and then we'll obviously have our complete uh you know kind of kind of completion summary analysis of everything that happens this weekend uh with the you know with the four games that are being played and then and then kind of previewing what we think will happen in the NFC and the NFC and AFC championship games um, next weekend. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's pretty much wrap, pretty much wraps things up for today. Yeah. Really excited for those games. Um, and I mean, it, really the games today, it's, it's really just like an hour and a half until those games start. So that'll be cool to sit down and watch those. Um, and we've already given our predictions uh, for the, for, for who's going to win today. So, and I'm, I'm really, Matt picked the different Matt picked the Bengals and I picked the Titans. 
Um, and again, you're probably listening to this after the fact. And so you'll obviously know who won. Um, but yeah, if you didn't listen to our episode, I picked the Bengals. I mean, I picked the Titans and Matt picked the Bengals, um, but we both picked the Packers in, in this game. So yeah, that, that'll be cool to see um, who, who wins those games. And then obviously tomorrow, same thing. So yeah, Tuesday, we will come out with kind of our, our, our review of, of this weekend's games and then our preview, I guess, of, of the AFC and NFC championship games. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for watch. I mean, for listening today, I, I probably say, I probably say watching more than I even really know, <laughs> but I, I don't notice it sometimes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, and, and we'll get back to you guys on Tuesday.